Okay. Yeah. We're good? Yeah. What is going on? Welcome to the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. I'm your host, Josh, here with my co-host. KG in the house. And uh, what's going on, man? Not a whole lot. Today's Wednesday. Things are going well. Josh just created a new bodybuilding split mm. for us, and literally it feels like Christmas. Every time you get that new routine sent to your, your inbox, your email, and you're not even expecting it, it's like, wow. I'm so excited and I'm sure you guys know the feeling when you just have been kind of doing the same thing over and over or just, you know, you haven't been making too much progress on something. You just kind of want a new change and that's why Josh and I evaluate things pretty often. He's like, you know what? It's time for a new routine and here we are. We're, uh, we're in the mood for a pump, you know. We've, we've been doing a lot of powerlifting off and on. Uh, that's been the core of our programming lately. Uh, but myself and Kyle, you know, we're just excited to put on a little bit of mass, nothing too crazy. I'm debating going up to like 213, 215, so putting on, you know, five to seven pounds. Nothing too radical, but, you know, just something to put on and challenge myself in a new way to really drive up that strength. And I'm really excited to, you know, try and bring up a lot of my strength in those base movements I do, you know, and try to get back to levels. You know, I've used to be able to like dumbbell shoulder press like 110 pounds or so, you know, and I was for the heaviest weights for chest DB bench, Um, but that becomes more of a second uh, secondary focus when you're so focused on your bench squat and deadlift. So this will be fun to challenge myself in new unique ways. You know, I'm always challenging it up using new training mechanisms and ideas. And, uh, you know, we're trying to incorporate some more body weight stuff. So we're really excited for, uh, th- there's nothing better than a new routine. Yeah. So I challenge every single one of you to take a look at your routine, what you've been doing and ask yourself, what can I do better? How can I perform better? How can I get better results? And if the answer is that you might need some outside help, we're your guys. We'll take care of you. Send us an email and we will get you in the best shape of your life or at least get you to, you know, make some solid progress. I love it. All right. So into the shout out section, I'm going to shout out my client, Justin. Uh, Justin just signed up uh, with me for the 90 day transformation and the results have been amazing. You know, we've only been to, um, working together now for, I guess, about three weeks. Uh, we're already down 10 pounds um, in order to point where Justin was able to lose this much weight uh, kind of going on, you know, and he said he was just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I love hearing that. It's a huge uh, motivator for myself, you know, and just being able to kind of help someone out. And I love hearing, and the thing, the reason I want to shut it out is I love how he said, you know, I wasn't sure if it would work, but you kept saying it would and you guaranteed it. So I'd give it a shot and I couldn't be happier. Uh, so I'm sure he'll be happy to hear the shout out 10 pounds down. Uh, we just got about maybe 20 more to go. We're going to finish it up. Probably not within the time frame we have, um, but we're going to have them on track, keep everything leveled out. And that's the beauty um, of coaching as well is, you know, weight loss isn't something that is just inherently easy where you try and lose as much as you can week to week. It's something you need to strategize towards and kind of calculate the levels that you are losing. Uh, so you don't want to necessarily just drop 10 pounds, 10 pounds, 10 pounds. You want to control this rate of loss right? For some people, it might be one pound a week, some two, some three, maybe some five. Really depends where you're starting, where you want to be, the time frame you have, you know, your adherence levels, all these things uh, really come into it for it to be successful. Because for me, it's not about helping people lose weight. It's about helping them lose weight, change your patterns, keep it off and live a fit, healthy and happy life. I love that. And yeah, a lot of times just when someone makes that simple change of, you know, starting to track their calories and work out like, you know, you're not always going to be consistently losing 10 pounds every three weeks. Like that's obviously a uh, a pretty large amount but once you just really dial it in like we've had some people do crazy amounts like five to six pounds in the first week and obviously quite a bit of water but at the end of the day just getting into that system is amazing so good job buddy um i'm gonna give my shout out to kathy sweeney and basically she signed up for the um summer summer sale this was like quite a while ago let me see 
Um, I look into our tracking spreadsheet. We Cal are so far 15 weeks in. And I just absolutely love, there's no better feeling as a coach than when you tell someone to do something, when you give them the numbers to hit, when you give them the workouts to hit, there's none of, oh, you know, I was only able to do zero workouts this past week. Life got busy. She's literally looking to always go above and beyond. She's looking for like a seventh workout. I always tell her, you know, rest is important. She knows that. But at the end of the day, when someone's absolutely committed, like we brought her calories up from 1400 and this week it's now up to 2300 she's in a muscle gain phase and you know i just wanted to give her a huge shout out because she's just literally so committed does everything i ask and always tries to go above and beyond and she's making some great progress you know in the strength side and the muscle gain so good job uh, and we got big things to come Woo! mailbox monday so i was just cracking up because i'm uh in a different room than kyle more or less and i <laughs> Just peek over and see his head just talking. We're always trying to do things the best we can here, even though it's a little, you know, bootleg. Because normally the room we film it in is great, but it echoes, so we need to delete the audio. So we're trying to spread out here. You know, we're always getting it done. I love it. <laughs> One I way or another. It. No excuses. That's how we roll. Uh, One, you gotta, do you have a quote for the week that isn't results or excuses? I was going to say, don't stop when you're tired. Stop when you're done. I love And that. also, I just wanted to bring this up because Josh just posted in our facebook group the mm. the marathon that was just broken under two hours i originally wrote uh someone just broke the two hour mile <laughs> one of my clients is like that's a typo you're gonna want to fix that pretty quick uh that'd be pretty slow i mean i could do that but take that in so i i actually watched a video on this and i shared the video to our private coaching group and i said how just amazing it is a two hour marathon okay like you have to think of how insane that actually is. A marathon is how many miles? Do you know off the top 42, of your head? 42. Or no, sorry. No, not 42 miles. 42 right? kilometers. So it's 20, 20 or 21. No. Give her a quick know. Google while I'm talking. Um, okay. Well, just so everyone knows, you know, obviously we're from Canada. So that's the system we use, uh, kilometers. But like they said he was literally running at essentially an 26 miles. 26 miles. He was running an average person sprint. And they had people try and get on the treadmill and do it. And even elite level athletes couldn't do it for more than a minute. So it's just amazing what the body could do. And someone actually published a uh, report, you know, maybe like, was it eight years ago or something? Saying that hypothetically, um, a one hour and 58, 57 something is the perfect human specimen. Yeah, you would need to have a perfect VO2 max, a perfect um, capacity to withstand lactic acid buildup. You need to have like a tenacious work ethic, no injuries. All these things would need to be perfect for that time. But a lot of people, and even one runner who ran like a 202 or something, he said, you know, a lot of things are possible in life. Anything's essentially possible. But one thing that is impossible is a two-hour marathon. But now that someone has done it, I just think it's, it's crazy, you know, what people can do and establish and commit themselves to and perform with. And I, I think it's just a big motivator for anyone. You know, if you want to do something, uh, go out and get it. Don't let people tell you no, because so many people said no, no, no. And uh, here he is. He beats it out. And I think he was like 20 seconds uh, Fast. better, right? Yeah, like yeah. It was, or not, it was one hour, 59 minutes and, 40 and 40, seconds. 42 seconds or something. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's freaking crazy. No that human is limited. Oh, that's no, that's my quote. No human is limited. Jeez. I think he was using that hashtag. So instead of don't stop when you're tired, stop when you're done, I'll save that for another one. No human is limited. And that fires me up so much. Like there's nothing more motivating than when you see someone accomplish something that literally you don't even think is possible. Like David Goggins now is posting on Instagram and he just did, I believe, a 240 mile run which is almost i think it might be about 400 kilometers it's always hard to 
do the transition, but I'm looking at both of these two humans, or I guess they're almost considered humans. They're like aliens or something. And they're just accomplishing some crazy things that nobody would ever expect even to be possible. And I know he went off course and everything, but it's just nothing better. And then I'm sitting in the gym struggling with, you know, a 275 pound bench press. And I'm thinking like, wow, I'm a big baby. And that always fires me up. And you always love to compare yourself to those people who are doing big things. And obviously not, you know, get down on yourself, but use it as motivation to keep pushing harder and getting better. And here's the thing. I I'll, I was listening to a good podcast recently and they said, you know, a lot of people will, you know, compare themselves to these people and say, well, it's not really a comparison because they have better genetics, you know, all these things. But everyone kind of sits there and, you know, and for me, I could say, oh, he's just lucky he's built for it. I'm not built. But unless I've trained like him and done what he can, I can't say that. Right. So, you know, don't be so quick to try and say I can't. Uh, you know, if you admire someone and you think they're very talented, you know, train as hard as they train or harder. And I think you'll be very surprised with the results because I believe he was essentially running the equivalent of a marathon a day casually which is nuts and like at a good pace so you know don't just even in the gym it's very easy to say oh steroids or this person works harder than that or whatever but at the end of the day you know if you're not working as hard as someone you can't really talk uh so at the end of the day we can only do what we can uh so it's our job to you know do the best with that without sounding too cheesy i love it all right what's the first question for today what is the best way to gain strength safely without a spotter up the weight uh up the reps or increase the sets. So I just want to interject and say something here. So me and Kyle were talking and I want this to be known. If you're hitting a bench PR and someone touches the bar, even if they grace it with their pinkies, you did not hit. It doesn't count. Uh, You know, that is something I see all the time. And fun story. I was in the gym working out mind on my own. There's these two dudes, right? And they were like already being meatheads. I kept seeing them dropping weights, throwing chalk, like just being really over the top about it. And buddy, I guess was going for a bench PR, two plates. Right, so he, he loads it up, he puts it, he starts to fail. His buddy lifts it up for him. He gets up and he goes, "Woo, let's go!" He starts screaming, jumping around the like the gym, throwing things. And I'm thinking, like, man, chill. But um, I think a lot of people get confused. Like on the side note, like just that if someone touches it, there's no way to know if they're eating two pounds, ten pounds, anything like that. Like if you want to hit a true PR, you kind of got to do it yourself. And I think bench is where I see the most people struggle. Uh, you know, with either half repping at the end of the day, you know, the, there's a reason there's these standards and it, it's just a really interesting, you know, side note, but there are tons of ways to, you know, continue to gain straight uh, strength safely without a spotter. So if you have like a good bench press, for instance, in the terms of bench press, instead of having a bench or someone to lift it, what you can do is you can actually set pins um, to the left and right if you have a good quality bench press and that will fall on the bench press. And then another thing you can do too, obviously is um you know try to utilize other tools like if you want to increase your strength but you don't have a bencher so you can't bench really heavy you can utilize things like rack presses um or pin press sorry where you're actually going to set the pins and you couldn't drop the bar on yourself or spot or press and there's a lot of other ways to do it and i think people get confused um you know even kyle he can talk to you know giving his client a deload and how he trusted him with it and how important that is. But a lot of people think to get strong once again, that you need to lift the heaviest you can every single day you're in the gym. And that's the only way to progress. But a lot of the time, even for true powerlifting, you're rarely training to failure. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And I would say like, there's really not too many exercises that I'd, I'd say you like really struggle without the use of a spotter. Like I'd say, 
you know, a squat, you really don't even like need one ever at all. There's obviously safe ways to, you have to do some research and practice this, but I'd say for a squat, you literally never need a spotter. There's a safe way to dump it. You know, like Josh said, you're never going to be training really till failure. There's going to be a couple of times where you might fail here and there if it's just a bad day or something, but you know, just getting used to being able to actually maneuver around a gym and not need a spotter is absolutely huge i mean i know the hardest thing sometimes for bench would be just getting that proper lift off but if you can kind of you know practice and and even josh has talked about this probably on the podcast you're not fully lifting like you're kind of just like dragging it out if you can just kind of you know use your body to lift half an inch and then drag it all the way out and not use a spotter it's kind of uh, a great tool but you know, I don't really think that you need to depend on a spotter or focus on like, obviously you should be, you know, doing a periodized routine where the um, reps and the uh, sets are obviously being like properly programmed, but you know, the spotter, whether he's there or not, shouldn't really be uh, an issue, I'd say. That's it. Um, so yeah, once again, and if you have a really good training mechanism or program, uh, you shouldn't be going to failure all that much, um, especially in terms of powerlifting. So there's still a ton of ways. And at the end of the day, um, I think, you know, a lot of people get confused and scared to ask people for help. If you are at a public gym and you say, hey, can you just spot me quick? Um, you know, more more often than not, people will be more than happy to help you out. I know it's a different story if, you know, you're in a home gym or something. But if you are, you know, you could always look into getting these things that will help you fail. And even with bench, you know, even if you were to fail, you could just go no clips. And if you fall, you know, you can kind of just dump it left or right. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's a little awkward. You know, people might be like, what the heck is this person doing? But it still is very safe as long as you're doing things, you know, like with gripping with all hands. So that's another pet peeve. If you're push gripping, it's very dangerous. That's when you don't wrap your thumb around the bar. Um, a lot of people just do this because, you know, even Kyle had one client who was doing it and she just said, oh, that's the only way I ever thought uh, you could do it. But the problem with not putting your thumb around is you risk, you know, sweat, whatever happening or misgrooving the bar rolling. And if the bar rolls, you can drop on your neck. You can have a lot of things happen. And that's why you want to have that full grip. You know, if you're using a machine or something, feel free to give it that push. So grip. there's tip number one, Josh just said. I'm going to add two more as well. Jeez. When it comes to the bench press, so these will be another question. What are some of your biggest bench press tips? Uh, number two would be never put clips on the side of the bench press. And we were talking about that the other day, right? You see it happen a lot, but it's actually typically unsafe to, to even do that, right? I mean, if you have a spotter, you can. Yeah. Right? Just to, because the only, the downside. Yeah, when you're by yourself, sorry, is what I was you, referring to. Yeah. If you have slippery plates, always use clips. And what I mean by that is if you're benching with bumper plates, I don't know why you would be, but I just don't want someone to do it and like kill themselves. You know, I had a good story with that too. My first time using bumper plates. Have I told them on this podcast? Yeah. I think maybe you know, a while quick, ago. Okay. Quick story yeah. time. I was in the gym. I felt like a boss. I kept squatting without plates at my gym or without clips or rather. Um, you know, I was killing it and like, they're not going to shift much if, as long as you're doing it properly, um, you know, there's not enough movement for them to really shift. Um, but when I started working out at my school gym, you know, I loaded up my four plates felt like the man, there were bumper plates on. I remember squatting down it rolling to the left a bit. So I tried to, you know, move over to correct it. Then it went to the right and I just felt the bar fly off my back mm -hmm. all the way. It's fallen. It like went all the way over and like <laughs> hit a rowing machine. And I felt like the biggest idiot. So as long as you have bumper plates, like they shouldn't be sliding and, you know, more often than not, if you are by yourself, it's safer not to use clips. If you are with like a spotter, you know, you can use it to prevent shifting. And if you're doing really, really high rep work, you know, like 12, 15, 20 reps, you probably want to use them because, you know, if they side off, it can kind of imbalance you. But yeah. Yeah. And then on top of that, the number thir uh, three thing I was going to say is if you do happen to, like Josh said, ask someone for a spot, which we highly recommend, you know. 
I'd say the best thing you can do is actually explain to them what you're doing and what you want. Because a lot of times when you ask someone for a spot, they are just always grabbing the bar. And there's nothing that annoys me more when you just ask someone for a spot and they're just consistently touching it. Say, hey, listen, I'm going for five reps here. Could you lift the bar off for me? And then just make sure not to touch it unless you see it going down. Because 99% of the people don't fully know how to you know, spot it. And I've actually asked someone in the past. And then as soon as I started lifting, he was holding the bar the entire time for my entire set of five. And I'm just like, wow, that was a waste. I've got to do another full set by myself now. So let him know exactly what you want and uh, you'll be good to go from there. On the flip side, it's funny too, you know, some, I think some people ask for a spot and they expect you to lift the weight. Yeah. Like I've been in commercial gyms and the dude's got two plates and he goes, I'm going, I'm going for five reps, bro. And I'm like, I got you. I lift it off and he's like sitting there dying. He's like, help out, bro. Help out. And then I'm over there heaving it up with my biceps. He hits one. He goes, okay, four more. And I'm like, wait a second. You couldn't even do one yourself. How are you going to hit five reps? Like, I'm not here to lift your weight. I refuse. Right? So if I ask for a spotter, I just say, like, please don't touch it at all. Like, if I'm dying and I ask you for help, I just need you there as an extra in case. Like, you should know what you're doing, too. And, yeah. you know, you shouldn't be failing all that often. And even for bench, like, unless you have a very competent spotter, like with Kyle, you know, I'll challenge it a bit more. But there's even sometimes we're together and I'm hitting, like, 330, 340. And I'll, I'll hit my two out of three or whatever. And I'll know I probably will fail in the third. And it's not me checking it out. But I just don't want to make it really unnecessary for him to heave up this crazy weight. And if I don't have the power to do it, it's just not necessary. You know, some I'm like, okay, hey, I can probably do it. And I'll hit it. And if I fail, I fail. But, you know, if there's like no way in the world, you don't have to try and do it. It's like a, a sign to prove your, you know, masculinity, femininity. Like you can just say, okay, whatever. I missed it. That's fine. Let's fight next set. Yeah, if there's anybody, if you've ever had to lift like 300 plus pounds where someone's failing on a bench, it is not fun. And actually, you can definitely get injured. Like I've felt my hamstrings a few times, just literally like I'm about to die. <laughs> Poor like, Kyle. This is hurt. Well, even like even clients in the past where they've like failed. I, I remember, you know, Mike had one of the uh, heavy benches and it just couldn't get up. I'm like, oh my gosh, this hurts. Like it's not fun for your spotter as well. I mean, it's going to happen, but don't put your spotter in a position where they could get injured themselves, right? Well, I'm even like a much heavier guy than Kyle, and he failed uh, today with his 275. And lifting it up was not easy. Yeah, and I had nothing too. That's why, like, I try and have respect for my spotter too. Like, I'm not going to ask a random, you know, dude. Like, even I was sitting up here the other day, I just did it without a spot because I don't want to put someone through the pressure. Like, and I remember one time when I was so skinny and like small. Some dude asked me to spot him, benching three plates. And I'm like, are you sure, dude? Like, I, I thought I was going to die. I'm like, if he fails, it's over. Like, yeah. we're both going down. I'm going to try to lift it up, and I'm just going to end up, like, flipping over or something. Like, you know, it, it's pretty funny, the the workings of that. Okay, it's a great so question, though. It was, and it kind of got fun. You got to hear some of our funny uh, gym memories and insights there. Okay, so next question. Is push-pull legs a good workout split for women? So push-pull legs, um, if you don't know what that is, so your pushing movements are usually going to be things that involve your chest, your shoulders, and your triceps. Um, so if you think of pushing, that's going to be kind of how it works. Now, triceps are kind of a secondary, but they kind of get thrown in there. Um, but if you think of any pushing or press you're doing, it's very much so a pushing movement. And then same with any shoulder movement. It's more or less overhead pushing, right? Now, obviously, shoulders, um, like lateral raises and things will get worked in. You're not directly pushing, but that's just kind of what it encompasses. Uh, now, pulling is going to be your back and your biceps, right? 
And obviously back, there's a few different ways to work them. You can shrug, you can pull down like lat pull downs, or you can kind of row, um, but those all get grouped in as pulls. And then biceps get thrown in there because of the accessory to the pulling movement and then legs. So usually when you do this routine, you run through it twice and then maybe you'll do another push pull or, um, you know, or you'll just do that and call it three days. And I think this is a great um, thing for anyone because you're getting a lot of focus on the big muscle groups. Um, it's a great kind of intro lift. And for women, I think it's good too. However, for women, I would argue, you know, a lot of them struggle with um, their hip flexors. You know, they kind of get that anterior pelvic tilt. And for women, it's very important that they have very strong um, posterior chains. So it's going to be your lower back, your butt, um, all those things. And the reason for that is, you know, women have less mass um, naturally kind of in their upper body. And that's just a genetic thing, right? Whereas they kind of can hold more mass in their lower body. So they may as well work to accentuate that. That's what's going to cause them to have posture and general strength. So by building up the back and the legs, I, that's what I'm really a big fan of with women. So usually I'll actually program two to three leg days to really push that. And I find women, you know, are just absolute beasts and they're a lot better at handling uh, the load than men. Like men, when I give them two leg days, they cry and whine yeah. about it. It's like, oh, what are you doing? You're trying to kill me. Women are like, three leg day? No problem. I'll be it out you know i i just find you know women have a great uh capacity with saying wall uh volume and really push uh those barriers so for women i do encourage you know kind of that then maybe one push um one pull or three leg days with um two push pulls that's where i've had the most success um for really positive change for women and i find it really just accentuates and build a really uh, good looking physique yeah, and it obviously de definitely depends on the goals and, and what the, the women want. But typically speaking, we've probably had hundreds of women reach out to us. And if you're only working out three days, for example, I don't think a push and a pull separately. So two upper body days and then one lower body day is exactly what they want and what would be the best results. Um, so I would definitely, you know, say exactly what Josh just said and focus a little bit more on the lower body. And if it's only three days, you know, maybe one full upper body day and then, you know, uh, two, uh, maybe then one full lower and then one like back and legs or something like that, just where you're hitting a little bit more volume for the glutes, hamstrings and quads and uh, where the, all the women want to focus on. Yeah, but once again, it really comes to your goals. I just find too, a lot of women don't need to focus on pushing too much. Uh, like there's no reason for them to be ultra strong in their like chest and pushing movements. Uh, even as a guy, you know, chest is always kind of a fun thing. It doesn't do too much for yeah. my posture. It doesn't too much like in everyday life. Like what am I going to do? Push a car away from someone? Like unless you're a football player, like there's no reason. I always say, you know, my hockey coach used to say, you don't need your chest for hockey. And he gets so mad. And that's not to say you should never do the movement because once again, you want to work that whole body. Uh, but I just don't find that's a focus. Um, for women to have a really good physique, in my opinion, is to really bring up the shoulders. That's going to make the waist look smaller, right? Kind of create that that look that you want um, where you really have that hourglass uh, type physique to really build the back. So I find that's you know, where they don't have a lot of strength uh, naturally. So that's something you can build up, really posh yourself out nice. And obviously women can have back problems later in life, um, you know, for obvious reasons. So to build that up helps a ton. And then to really, really build those legs and those glutes um, and avoid that duck butt and really have that strong base. And I think a lot of women too are kind of tricked into thinking they can't lift, they can't be strong, they just need to eat a little, be skinny. Um, but, you know, I've had so many women that are skinny and look amazing, but honestly come and start strength training and they just say how much more empowered they feel and like, you know, that they don't feel as helpless and they can move things and they feel stronger and better than ever before. And I think a lot of women can look great naturally because they can just have a leaner physique. Um, but at the end of the day, by really building up those things, you know, improves your confidence, will improve, uh, you know, how well you feel. Uh, it's just going to improve everything. It's going to help you long time in life, avoid issues. And yeah, I love it. 
And last question we have here is what are your top three ab exercises? Mm. Wow, that fires me up. <laughs> Everything <laughs> fires me up. No, I'm seriously though, the one that actually does fire me up, I've been a huge fan of doing um, ab rollouts or just the ab wheel. Um, I'm not sure if too many people have access to these. It's that little $15 thing you can get from Amazon and it used to be like really popular back in the day. But I just find it, for me personally, it's one of my favorite ones because you really feel the stretch. It's not just a core exercise, but you feel your core being like ripped to shreds. On top of that, uh, you're gonna also be challenging your upper body stability because you gotta control and utilize your shoulders to actually hold yourself up and roll yourself all the way back. So search Colossus Fitness Ab Wheel. I believe that's what it would be on YouTube if you want to try that exercise. That's in my top three for sure. Uh, I know Josh has some favorites as well. Next up would be the leg raises. So Arnold was a big fan. You know, he'd like to do 100 before every workout. So that's something I actually program for a lot of people. I think it's a really fun movement and a lot of people don't work those lower abs and that's a less awkward thing to kind of do in training to get that lower ab focus. Um, whereas you actually work your main abs through a lot of other movements. So my third favorite ab exercise actually is the squat. It's funny as that sounds. I think a lot of people get confused and think they need to do crunches so they're black and blue and that's the only way they'll have abs. Um, but majority of abs will come from actual diet. But if you have a really good periodized routine and you're doing like a lot of squats, deadlifts, things like that, you will be bracing and utilizing your core. And, um, you know, I've had my abs be more sore than ever from some heavy squats. Um, you're constantly bracing down, trying to fight that bar path fight it from coming forward and that requires a lot of ab work uh so that's kind of like a fun little thought uh cue just for everyone at the end i kind of want to throw a wrench in there i love say it. squats all right you want to end it up kyle i know you got to get going thank you so much for sticking around to the end of this podcast if you have made it this far you're the real mvp we truly appreciate every single one of you who are spending time who are dedicating 20 to 30 minutes in the car in the gym wherever you are listening to us if you did need extra guidance or some help uh, to reach your goals, just shoot us an email, contact at colossusfitness.com. Send us your situation. We'll make sure you're the right fit. Make sure we can help you out and uh, we'll help you out with your nutrition, your workout routine. Just put you on the right path and give you the guidance you need to get in shape and finally get the results you needed. See you in the next episode. Peace.